Hey, welcome everybody. Um, great worship this morning, great testimony as well. So I wanted to talk this morning, and I'm going to start with reading Luke 18, 35, and it's about the blind man who receives his sight. So I'm going to read it. As Jesus drew near to Jericho, a blind man was sitting beside the road begging. When he heard the crowd going by, he asked, what's happening? Jesus of Nazareth is passing by, they told him. So he called out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Those who led the way admonished him to be silent. But he cried out even louder, son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stopped and directed that the man be brought to him. When he'd been brought near, Jesus asked asked him, what would you like me to do for you? Lord, he said, let me see again. Receive your sight, Jesus replied, because your faith has healed you. Immediately, he received his sight and followed Jesus, glorifying God. And all the people who saw this gave praise to God. Now, that's a wonderful story. It's a story filled with hope and faith activated. But it's not just about a man receiving his physical sight. It's a man about a man who had no hope. He had nothing, no future. Nothing to look forward to, but maybe his next meal, if he got one. He was alone. He was in darkness. He had absolutely nothing. But it was the commotion and the excitement and the passion and the hope of those crowds going by that ignited something in him to call out, what's going on? What's happening? And they shared what they knew. They knew The Messiah, the long-awaited one, he's here. He's actually here. The son of God, the one prophesied about in Isaiah 53, the son of David, he's here now. It's true. He's really here. The promise, the promise of God, the Lamb of God is actually here. And he's calling everyone to repent and be baptized. He's forgiving their sin. He's accepting us into the kingdom. We've got hope. Can you believe it? We have a future. He's real. Can you believe it? Can you get it? Now, I know all of those things aren't actually written in the Bible, but you can imagine the commotion of people following Jesus and going before him. What we do know is that their excitement, their love and passion for God went ahead of Jesus, and it prepared the way for that lost and blind man who had no hope to know that hope was there. Right then, right there, he didn't have to wait any longer. And he caught the fire of that excitement. And he started calling out to the Lord for himself, Jesus, son of David, I'm over here. Help me. Have mercy on me. And as we know, people said, be quiet. They probably said other things too, like, don't be foolish. He's got more important things to do. Be quiet, be quiet. You can't interrupt him. You're not important. He's got important things to do. And I can just imagine that poor blind beggar sitting there thinking, please, God, don't pass me by too. I know what it feels like. Everybody passes me by. Everybody rejects me. Please, God, please don't pass me by. And he pressed on. And he called out even louder, 
because this was his chance. This was his one opportunity to reach out. And he calls out even louder, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And we know that when, when we call out from our heart, Jesus never walks by. He never passes on by. Jesus stopped and he said, what do you want me to do for you? And he said, I want to receive my sight. Jesus said, receive your sight because your faith has healed you. And for the first time, that man opened his eyes and he saw the face of Christ in front of him. The light had finally broken through the darkness. The thing is, by calling out to the Lord, he'd opened the way. He'd opened the way to not be lost anymore, but to have a hope and a future. And when we call out, Jesus is always faithful. He will come when we repent. But the thing is, the blind beggar couldn't have even known he was there. He couldn't see him coming. He didn't know. It was those around him that prepared the way. They were going ahead. They were excited. They were filled with hope. They were sharing what they, what they knew. This was the moment that God was there. He was actually amongst them. But the blind beggar didn't know. He couldn't see. Do you get it? It was the people ahead who were preparing the way. John the Baptist is very well known for preparing the way. Jesus actually said about him, among those born of woman, there is not risen anyone greater than that man, than John the Baptist. In John 1, this is from the BSB, by the way, version 6, it says, there was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify about the light so that through him, everyone might believe. He himself was not the light, but he came to testify about the light. The true light who gives light to every man was coming into the world, and he was in the world. And though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to his own, and his own did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of blood, nor the desire or the will of man, but born of God. That was who John the Baptist prepared the way for. That's what he gave his life for. So that every, every man, woman, and child had the chance to accept the Lord as their savior. If we skip down to verse 23, people, the Pharisees and those around were asking, well, who are you? And this is what he replied. I'm a voice of one calling in the wilderness, make straight the way of the Lord. That was John's life mission. He never shied away from it. In other words, he prepared the way, telling, Jesus, telling people who Jesus was. And he always put himself down. He said, I am not fit to tie the straps of his sandals. He never built himself up, but he prepared the way for the Lord Jesus. And just like in the story of the blind man, who was blind in much more ways than just physical. He didn't even know Jesus was there. It was those around who prepared the way that Jesus was coming. 
that he was the light of the world, that the hope was actually there and could be retained by everybody. It was John and the disciples and the disciples who came after them. And who are they? Who were the disciples who came after the originals? You and me. We are disciples. And if you're thinking, I'm not a disciple. Well, actually, the translation of a Christian disciple is dedicated follower of Jesus. Are you a dedicated follower of Jesus? Then you're a disciple. You are a disciple. But you see, unless those people who had spoken up and said to the blind man who was coming, he wouldn't have known. If they'd have carried on ignoring him, he would not have known who was coming because he was in darkness. He could not see. It wasn't just physical. The darkness covered not only his eyes, but his mind, his body, his soul. But it was lifted away in Jesus. In Jesus, this is 1 John, by the way, it says, In him was life. And the life was the light of man. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. I'll read that part again because I really like that. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. I recently heard somewhere someone describing what darkness is, and he said, darkness isn't actually a thing. It's just the absence of light. Those people who were so excited and filled with awe and wonder were the ones that enabled the blind man to to gain hope and receive his sight and the Lord. We prepare the way of the Lord. We make straight the way of the Lord so that those in darkness can know him and know that they have a hope in him. Our testimony... Our passion, our love, our excitement, our knowledge spreads the word. The Lord is enough to shine. Our knowledge is enough to shine. Sometimes we think we don't have enough, but we don't have to stand on a street corner preaching. We don't have to stand up here preaching if you have an opening, if you have a divine appointment, just share what you know. Share what you know. Come to the shop. For goodness sake, come to the shop. The amount of people who say, why? And what's the church about? We get so many questions. Come. It's a great opportunity if you think, well, I don't know how to open the conversation. You don't have to. Come to the shop. They open the the conversation. You just answer. You see, one day, everyone will meet the Lord. Not just Christians, everyone. And every knee will bow. Every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. We have a guarantee. We have the Holy Spirit, the mark of the Holy Spirit. We have the Holy Spirit in us as a guarantee that we're going to spend eternity with the Lord. But there are so many who don't yet know the Lord. Every one of us here has a gift, a natural gift. Some have spiritual gifts, some have natural gifts. You can ask for spiritual gifts, but most of you have, every one of you, not most, every one of you has a gift, whether it's serving, whether it's the smile on your face, whether it's encouraging, whether it's cooking a friendly meal, whether it's helping, or whether it's spiritual, whether it's prophetic, whether it's a word of knowledge, whether it's courage, 
Do you have courage to go and pray for someone? But we all have gifts. Matthew 25 verse 14 talks about the master entrusting his servants with gold while he goes away on a journey. To one he gave five talents, to another he gave two, to another he gave one, according to their ability. The first servant who had had five went away, put it to work and gained five more. The second one used the two that he had and gained two more. The last one did nothing. He kept, he kept it buried because he was afraid. And when the master returned, he was so pleased with the first one. And he said, well done, my good and faithful servant. You've been so faithful with the few, that, the few things that I've given you. Enter into the joy of the master. When he went to the second servant, he said he was so pleased again and something very similar. But when he got to the third, he said, the third servant said, I was afraid and I hid it. The master called him wicked and lazy, saying he should have at least deposited the money with bankers and got interest. And the master took away what he'd already been given and gave it to the one who'd already gained 10. Now it's interesting, sorry, (coughs) it's interesting in that last story that it says the master gave each servant according to their ability. He didn't ask them to do something that they weren't capable of or that was too scary for them. He gave them what they were able to do, what was in their ability to do. So if you're sitting there panicking, sorry, hold on. If you're sitting there panicking and thinking, I can't do this, what can you do? What's God given you to do? Can you share a meal with someone? Can you encourage someone? Can you send a psalm? Can you send a word? Can you take something from the Bible if you know that someone's feeling low and say, do you know what? I was thinking of you and this is what I read. Maybe it's the Lord speaking to you. Can you go around and visit someone and have a cup of tea? Can you just call? Can you do something else? Can you do something more? Can you offer a prophetic gift? Can you come to the shop and talk to people? I will share some testimonies, but not on camera at the moment. Have you recently ever thought about what it was like when you first met the Lord? When you first knew he was real? Do you remember? I do. I remember the absolute joy. I was sitting on my bed upstairs And I remember the absolute joy that I felt, and it's going to make me cry, of, oh my gosh, God is real and he loves me. Could that really be? If you've never felt that passion, if you've never had that revelation, this morning I really want to pray for you. I want us to come to the front. We're going to have some time where we're just going to remember What it felt like. Because do you know what? It was the passion of those people going past the blind man that they shared. They didn't have the whole story. They didn't say everything about Jesus. They shared the excitement. When we remember our excitement, that's enough. That's enough 
We can share the excitement of who God is to us. We can share what he's done for us. Has he provided you with a car, a house, a child, a healing? What's he provided you with? What's he done for you? That's all we have to do to prepare the way of the Lord. So this morning, we're going to have a little bit of worship quietly. And we're going to spend some time in contemplation, just remembering what God has done for us. What it felt like when we first knew him. And if you haven't ever got that, as I say, I would really like to pray for you. So if anyone needs prayer to remember what that felt like, if anyone wants to come up the front and say, I want more excitement, God. I want that fresh revelation. I want that fresh anointing. I want to be in that place where it overflows so that I'm just telling everybody how wonderful you are. I want you to come to the front. And if you're watching online... And you're, you're thinking, well, I don't even know Jesus. All you have to do is invite him into your life. All you have to, to do is say, Lord Jesus, I repent of my sins. Even if you think you haven't got any, you have. Everybody's lied at least once in their life. All you have to do is say, I'm sorry, Lord, and I accept you as my savior. And that is it. You become a child of God. It's as simple as that. If you do do that and you're online, Please contact us. You can do that at sloughatriverchurch.org.uk and we'd love to support you. If you don't live near us, please find another church where it's Bible-based and you can be fed. But this is our time to remember God, to remember the Lord, to remember who he is.